Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone. And today I'm joined by the killer bay, Heather Monroe. So how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. And honestly, per tradition, we have to start off with asking how the cats are doing. So how are they doing? They're doing good. Yeah, they're I had to shut the door. Otherwise, they would probably be in here like trying to get up on everything. (laughs) But yeah, they've been good. You know, I feel that because I also have two, I have two cats myself and they'll try like pounding on the door or they'll be in here and then decide halfway through that they want to leave. So like, I completely understand that. Yeah. Max likes to be in my lap at all times. So, and he's like 20 pounds. So oh my gosh. Well, I'm yeah. just saying if they happen, <laughs> if they start pounding on your door, I don't mind a cat cameo. I, in fact, I welcome it to be honest with you. Yeah. So we'll see well, what happens. We'll see. He's pretty comfy on his seat outside. So (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) But I mean, before we get into everything wrestling and all of that, I kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit about your time in Los Angeles. As I've discussed with you a little bit before, you initially pursued acting and you acquired your theater and cinema degree. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you ended up venturing into wrestling instead later on. But honestly, what about L.A. and the acting world really struck you or initially appealed to you? Um, I mean, I wanted to do something in entertainment for as long as I can remember. Like, I started doing plays when I was, you know, in elementary school. So I was like, this is the place I have to be if I want to, like, really pursue it. So I always loved Los Angeles. I always, like, we'd visit out there and I'd go and I was like, I want to be a part of this. So I just like the vibe of Los Angeles a lot because it's really chill and yeah just like obviously the weather's yeah well I mean the the weather I mean would you say you prefer the warm weather I mean you're back you're in Chicago now so it's kind of like polar opposites I feel like now yeah I do I I do prefer like not having to like look at what the weather is like outside before I put my clothes on in the morning you know what I mean like I don't want to be like oh do I have to like put like double socks on when I go outside now this is so actually your, nice. your first winter too kind of in the midwest so like i'm sure chicago's been getting some snow i would assume yeah well i grew up in iowa so yes, that's i true, that's true. moved away from it all for many many <laughs> years like nine years yeah so it, it hasn't been bad yet i was gone i was on tour with a band for six weeks um mid october till about thanksgiving so i i missed a little bit of it and it hasn't been bad yet. It's just been a little rainy. Okay. So now we'll are, see. Are we just going to gloss over the fact that you were... <laughs> now, what capacity were you in with this band? Like, what what was your role in all of this? I'm, like, quote-unquote a dancer with them. So the band's called Pussifer. And I actually started with them when I first started wrestling because we were their opening act. It was like a Lucha Libre yeah. show. Yes, I remember so, you talking about this. Yeah, right. we're for Santino Bros and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we went on tour with them back in 2016. Yeah, 2016. Um, and so they started touring again and they were like, hey, do you want to go on tour? And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, but it's not wrestling this time. It's like performance art, essentially. So I'm I'm like running around the stage like an alien. Now, do you have <laughs> like a formal background? I think I would have heard if you had a background at dance or like what kind of dance skills do you like have to portray? Like, um, we're so I do actually have a background in dance. Like, has like you know most kids start in dance when they're younger. But I me. did like 
<laughs> right. I did like competitive dance, like competitions and stuff all through um, up until mid high school. I think I was mm-hmm. like 15 and then I joined show choir instead. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I do have like dance background, but like the dancing, like I, they call us dancers. But there's, like, only a couple songs where we're actually dancing, and it's not even, like, choreographed. It's just, mm-hmm. like, we're just doing whatever. Um, but we're performance. We're doing performance art, basically. I mean, you've been pretty much doing that your whole life. I mean, in L.A., I know you did a lot of improv student films and pilots during your time there. So, I mean, can you – I know, obviously, you ventured out of it, but can you tell us more about maybe one pleasant or maybe weird experience or gig that you booked there? Um, oh man, I, because I like, you know, you have to start at the bottom and do like some like weird stuff to start. There was this, um, I I actually think they might still be around. It's a production called uh, Zucosis and they were doing educational, like Discovery Channel was trying to start doing Mm -hmm. more online content. So they hired this production company to do kind of educational videos. But this guy was like very, his name was Patrick and he did Mm -hmm. very um, artistic type stuff. So I did a couple of things for him and then they were doing a thing called fail lab where they like, it was like Mythbusters kind of, Okay. but they like, like did stuff that like, like a lot of the challenges, like the cinnamon challenge and like that kind of stuff. I'm dating myself with this. I feel like the cinnamon no, challenge. Is no, so I, old. I I remember the cinnamon <laughs> challenge. I'm I'm not that much younger than I, I'm not that much younger than you, Heather. Okay, I do remember this. A lot of people were dumb in doing it. It was like a trend. It was it was Vine kind of a lot and like YouTube and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, this is pre Tide Pods. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So we did a whole show. Their season finale was doing these challenges. And so I did a banana and Sprite challenge where I had to eat a banana and then chug a two liter of Sprite. And I barfed everywhere, like into a bucket. It was like the weirdest thing I've ever done on camera. And I was like, well, I I look back and I'm like, why was I, why did I do that? Is that like kind of, I I get the cinnamon thing because it's like, you know, really dry and like you're, you know, it like the chemicals and whatever. Does that have anything to do with like the potassium mixed with like the carbonation in the Sprite or like? Yeah. And that's like what they did. They like scientifically broke down why these challenges are hard. Oh. So they were like, the reason why she's barfing right now into this oh bucket my God. is because it doesn't like the chemicals together don't work. And I'm like, he said never again yeah yeah luckily i've never done i think the 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 closest thing i've done is like the marshmallow what is it the marshmallow bunny or whatever whatever the heck you call it where you stuff the marshmallows in your mouth like that's the closest oh okay that's not even that bad so i've never done any of those like like, extreme ones tide pods cinnamon challenge banana and sprite no thank you i have no no desire to do that yeah never again (laughs) in terms of the acting world I mean whose work do you admire generally whether it's in the scope of television film or even Broadway um oh man I I was always a big Cameron Diaz fan okay because I think she's like good at doing the funny with the serious yeah um and I always really liked Martin Scorsese films, so I know those are, like, complete polar opposites. But, like, I love a good mob film. Um, so those were, like, my main ones. Like, especially when I was going to school and, like, I wanted to be a director, that was kind of the vibe that I liked was the, like, mob thriller 
kind of thing like that. Okay, so a, a good mm-hmm. mix, some versatility in there. I feel yeah. like too with with improv that you've learned, you probably have learned probably both ends like multiverse of like genres and stuff like that. But obviously, you kind of went into it. I don't know. You said that earlier that LA kind of felt chill to you, but you actually left the acting world because you hated the vanity of the scene that you said. So can you kind of elaborate yeah. on that a little bit? Um, I mean. Th- the stereotype of the people in Hollywood is true, you know, like, and I don't think wrestling can get that way too, you know, oh, yeah. all inter- all entertainment stems from that, right? Like, it's who you know, it's who you can network with. But I think that the difference between wrestling and like the Hollywood scene, for me at least, was people in wrestling are just a little bit more grounded. And that wasn't always true. Like, I met plenty of like, really awesome people, especially in the improv scene, like, I think with comedy, it was a little bit easier for me, but doing the auditions and stuff, it was like, if you don't know anybody, like, you're just another person at the call, you know what I mean? So you're in there with a bunch of people that look like you, your insecurities are played on, you know, and then it's it's just really hard. And everyone tells you that it's like, you know, everyone knows it's hard, but you don't like, once you experience it, you're like, oh, I, I get it now. And theater was always like that too. Like, even when I was auditioning for plays in college and high school and everything it's like it's politics (laughs) well from one (laughs) political world to another um right I feel like obviously you ventured from acting into professional wrestling and obviously besides the physical aspect, definitely being more demanding for professional wrestling. I mean, depending on what roles you went after anyway, what would you say are maybe the main differences or maybe challenges with breaking into acting versus breaking into wrestling besides obviously the physical aspect? Right. I think with wrestling, there's a more clear path to like actually doing it um, with acting if you you can make your own stuff but not a lot of people might see it or you need a platform still and with with wrestling yeah with wrestling you can come out of training and you're already going to have shows that you can be on even if they're small especially nowadays with youtube and like iwtv and like all these streaming services for wrestling people are going to see it no matter how small it is a lot of the time as long as the promotion's putting content out obviously Um, And gifts have made the business so much different, too. So I think that that's, like, the biggest thing. Like, people are going to see a snippet of wrestling. They're not going to, like, see a snippet of your acting work unless you're doing skits, you know? That's true. That's a good point, too. Like, I personally love, like, I love seeing the gifts of, like, people's either, whether it's a move or, like, a certain character work or, like, a certain spot. It's all over there. And unless you're, like going out of your way to search for like a certain person or like a certain niche I feel like it's not there for acting then again I'm not on like the acting side of Twitter or social media so I genuinely don't know but I definitely could see that wrestling is kind of more I don't know how to explain it more accessible to it if that makes sense kind of like you said there too and I, I feel like too obviously you learned a lot of valuable skills in improv and acting and student films and stuff like that so there are there any aspects of that theater improv or acting that you feel has successfully connected to professional wrestling Oh, 100%. Especially, like, doing any, like, type of TV, like, with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood yeah. and, like, you you know, like, how to do promos. Like, my promos can be a little bit better because I can, like, think off the top of my head. I don't have to, like, necessarily write everything down or, like, if I have a script, I'm 
I'm better at memorizing the script than I probably would have been if I didn't do all that acting. Like it's, and dancing helped that too. Like, you know, having to remember stuff like that is a little bit easier because I did that stuff. I'm not sure where I'd be if I didn't, but, and then improv is like, you know, you're making an ass out of yourself. That's kind of the point. Right. So like, I'm, I'm not as hurt or as um, precious about stuff in the ring because of it. I you think, know. too, you have more freedom kind of in the ring, at least on the independent scene. The major promotions are probably yeah. a little bit different because it's more televised and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like definitely there's more creative freedom, whereas in the other world, out, outside of improv, you're probably kind of restricted to like a script, you know, as to where yeah. wrestling, you have more creative freedom. But you kind of left a little bit of that behind you as you left L.A. altogether last year. So mm-hmm. can you kind of explain what prompted the major decision to move to Orlando I know you're not obviously you right. moved again since then <laughs> right. but can you give us a little more sense of your mindset at that time and why you chose Florida as well um well the plan even pre-pandemic for me was to move somewhere and originally I wanted to move to Chicago like this yeah. has been the goal but my career started taking off more right before the pandemic so I was like yeah. maybe I don't have to move so I was like because getting out of Southern California is really, really hard. And there are more eyes on it now, but not really for women. Yeah. So you're seeing a lot of guys coming out of there, especially because New Japan is running there. And you're seeing these amazing workers that I've known about for years, and they're finally getting their chance. So, like, I love that for them. But that, you know, even if I was still there, who knows if something like that would have happened for me. So I was like, I always knew I had to kind of get out to be seen a little bit more. Um, And then the pandemic hit. And then I was like, oh, and California was obviously really strict. Los Angeles County was really, really strict. Um, So I was like, "Uh, where can I go that I can still do some stuff? And then Taya, who's one of my really good friends, um, Jake Atlas, who's one of my really good friends, and Alyssa Murano, who is one of my really good friends, were all in Orlando. I love, I love <laughs> my my good friend Alyssa Marino. Yes. That's my girl. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh well, Florida's pretty open. <laughs> Florida doesn't care at all about this. So why don't I go move there? My whole plan was just to be there for a year, and I was like, all my friends live there. All the people that I like spending time with. Um. So. I'll go live there for a year and see what happens. Um, and I was able to work more wrestling wise. So that was kind of the big point. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the main reason I chose Orlando. And then I got to like make new friends there and train with new people. So that was really cool. Yeah. I mean, tell us more about your experience in Florida. You were there just under a year. So what, what did your uh, experience look like in wrestling and in daily life too? Um, so I really actually didn't wrestle a lot in Florida when I was there. Traveled, okay. Um, yeah, so I was like, I was actually working a lot in Texas. Like, that was you, mainly... Okay, to be fair, you've worked a lot in Texas, even when you were in California, too, as well. Yeah, people actually thought I was... Like, I I got a couple emails that were like, hey, you're located in Houston, right? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no <laughs> not even close. Uh, but I do wrestle around there a lot. Uh, so I was mainly flying out to there, doing a lot of stuff in Colorado, um, a lot of stuff in Memphis with Championship Wrestling for Memphis. So I actually only wrestled in Florida, I think, like three times. Oh, my God. Like, I really, I didn't have a lot of work there. Um, and I was training at uh, Devon School, 
but Maybe not like in his, not in his classes like um I've started training with Marina Shafir yeah. which was really really helpful like my mat game just got so much better because she's a beast dude like scary legit scary <laughs> and uh so that was really helpful training with her and uh Kenny and uh Chelsea Durden so we had like a cute little group and uh Andy Brown who I also Yes. love um so we had a nice little group that we would train every week and it, it was like getting really helpful with that um and then I was just kind of bopping around otherwise I never had like a shoot job really I was like able to do a lot off of wrestling so that was nice that's definitely good is kind of the main goal is obviously to kind of kind of like establish yourself I feel like we all kind of start out at least in wrestling with like shoot jobs and stuff but it's good you've been able to sustain yourself without it and kind of make it your full-time gig but obviously since then you did relocate to the west the midwest in Chicago which is a huge booming wrestling scene itself like I know a lot of people are based in Florida but honestly Chicago is giving it a run for its money I feel like so maybe that Mm -hmm. had something Thing to do with it but you said obviously your eyes were kind of always on Chicago so what made that decision to kind of move again to Chicago specifically uh well like I said I'm from Iowa so yeah. I have a lot of family around like my cousin now lives like five minutes from me in there Chicago so I I have a good support system here which is good and that's also a reason like if I ever moved back to the Midwest Chicago was going to be the only place that I would ever want to live because I love I just love the city and um so I was like oh I know there's a ton of stuff that I can get to it's obviously easier access like in California you can't drive anywhere yeah everything's really far yeah yeah and in Florida is kind of the same like it's kind of far out once you're you can get to other places in Florida but like getting up even to Atlanta is six hours so yeah so I'm like I can get places around here and work a lot of different places so that was the main reason that I decided to make the move. And there's big, big promotions up here that are helpful. Yeah. And you're definitely one who appreciates opportunities to kind of branch out and hone your craft as well, which you've definitely been able to do in Chicago. Like I said, that scene is absolutely booming. But can you recall maybe the newest skill, whether it's a move, psychology, a character trait, et cetera, that you've learned or acquired that you feel has really benefited you? Oh, well, I, I have started training with GPA and Lainey Lux. Yes, yes. And the stuff that they do, like I, I trained Lucha, but like GPA isn't a different animal with that stuff. So I, he's been really helping to like kind of elevate that. So I've been learning a lot of like cool stuff from him that I'm trying to incorporate in my matches now. So are we going to see Heather Monroe do some more high-flying lucha moves then? <laughs> You're going to see her trying. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, you don't knock it until you try it. Exactly. You live yeah. and you learn. Some things don't work, but you know, at least if you're open to trying, that's all that we ask for. So exactly. <laughs> Heather Monroe, high-flying um, superstar is going to be the next billing for you. Yeah. Maybe I'll come off the top rope at some point. Who knows? Maybe. But I I feel like this year, too, I feel like 
you and Ray Lynn obviously officially formed Blonde Force Trauma last year, but 2022 was really your first full year as a tag yeah. team and getting bookings and stuff like that. So what are some of the differences that you've seen within you two as a team between then and now? And like, how do you think that you guys have grown? Um, I think that we've just kind of learned, we both love tag team wrestling yeah. and we obviously come from tag teams. Like we've, we came up in our own in yes. tag teams. So we kind of have the idea of how it works, but I think the biggest way that we've grown is kind of learning the ins and outs of tag team wrestling and how to make everything happen and all the moving parts, like kind of smoothing all that out so that it all makes sense and we can do some cooler stuff without like worrying about where she doesn't have to worry about where I am. I don't have to worry about where yeah. she is. Like we're we're kind of like moving a little bit smoother now. And gaining that chemistry too as a team, you know, you grew, you kind of, not grew up but kind of blossomed into obviously another team as well but I do recall a certain promotional video that you posted earlier this year for VFT proclaiming that you were fighting for tag team wrestling and wanted to bring yeah. change to tag team wrestling so can yeah. you what do you think has been maybe the biggest challenge of tag team wrestling that you've seen or what changes do you want to see made well I think in general there's not a lot of all women tag there's teams not. that and even when there are people don't book them together it's like oh we want to book you with this other girl and put you with this other girl and it's like well I literally have a tag team partner so why would you not put me with her but I think that's the biggest thing is like the there are a lot of tag teams but not a lot of them are all female tag teams and a lot of all female tag teams don't get booked that's true so I'm, I'm thinking of some in my head right now and there's only literally a handful that I can think of like off the top of my head to be honest that like actually form themselves too yes. right like there's tons that are put together and then they're like mm -hmm. hey this kind of works let's do it but like it's very rare that you'll have like two girls be like we are going to be better together and like I think like there's plenty on like impact has some really good ones yeah. and obviously NWA has some good ones too yeah. But yeah, there's not a whole lot on the indies going for it. There's you and that's guys. What we want to do. There's the hex. There's the you know. There's the renegade twins. There's the also mm -hmm. a lot of them. All some of them are like just like siblings. So it automatically just right. gets put together. Whereas you and um. Ray Lynn kind of came organically, you know, and you forged mm. that friendship. So it's it's slowly growing. I've seen definitely a rise, I feel like, this in the last two years, but it's still something that needs a little bit more steam to get the ball rolling. But I think you two are obviously now blossoming, going to be going into your next year as a tag team. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for that. And you've obviously worked with Ray Lynn as a partner and opponents and even training together too. So I feel like maybe what are some of the things that you've learned through either work working with Raylan or just as a friend too? Um, I guess I learned like we've always been compared to each other. Yes. She was telling you know? me that when I spoke with her. <laughs> yeah. Like people actually think that we're like twins sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't even look alike. No, like we really don't look anything like we have, like we had similar characters and uh, blonde hair. Gear when we were starting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, And so like, I think a lot of people compared us. But I've genuinely found how similar we are working with her because we have, like, the exact same mentality. Like, it's a very weird thing. I'll be like, I was thinking this. And she was like, I was literally just texting you that. Like, I, we have, <laughs> we are on the same track. Like, these videos that we've been putting out, and we have a couple more um, 
we filmed a bunch recently. Like we just put out the ASPCA one yes. and the political ad. And then we have like some fun ones coming out. Uh, let's just say Kool-Aid man okay. type situation. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have like very similar humor, very similar um, ideas about how we can like make this work for us basically. And like, I think that's the thing that I was like surprised. I was like, Oh, we're literally like, same page on everything like very rarely are we going to be like no I think we should do this it's always like yeah you're right let's do it and I feel like that kind of built-in chemistry just literally helps you guys work together even more especially if you're on the same page it's not like forced and it comes across that way to you kind of blends together very well as a team too and it's crazy we're soon heading into 2023 obviously we want BFT to continue to take over the world but what else do you envision or have in mind for goals for BFT in the new year I just want to get us out there more because we have more fun together than we do alone. So we're, we just really want to uh, start getting out there and like getting our name, the name of BFT out there more and um, just working more places, getting a chance to work more tag teams, like actual tag teams that we can learn from and that we know we can have good matches with. Uh, so that's like kind of the main thing. We just want to learn more about tag team wrestling and become the best. Now, for you as a singles competitor slash Heather Monroe yourself, do you have any personal or professional goals you are, you yourself are yearning to accomplish next year or in the next couple of years? Um, I really want to establish myself in the Midwest scene because, uh, like I said, I went on tour with a band and I did that twice for six weeks. So I haven't really, like, had a chance to do much here or even, like, go to I haven't even gone to like shows because I just haven't been around like I did I did a couple before I went on the first tour but like I haven't really been able to go around and be like hello I'm here like (laughs) I would love to be a part of your show you know what I mean so I would really like to establish myself in the scene a little bit more and just keep like I would love to just make a living with wrestling still and like keep trucking along and rise my stock a little bit more you know I feel like, too, kind of like you said, you were really on a, like, really good run prior to the pandemic, but you are not also the only one who kind of suffered along that way and not lowered your stock, but, like, lowered, obviously, the opportunities and stuff like that. So kind of coming back, I feel like, how how is your, like, mental process been trying to regain that traction and everything? Yeah, it it was it's been really hard because yeah, I was like top of my game. You were doing everything pre-pandemic and the weird thing, I guess the hardest thing mentally is like nothing changed for me, but the the bookings weren't the same. And I know a lot of places couldn't afford to fly me yeah. in or like they just there was the promotions not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff. And so the mentally it, it's hard because you're like, well what am I doing wrong or like why don't they want me? And so then you kind of start lowering yourself and you get in your head and wrestling is like 90% mental game. So when, once you get there, it's hard to like crawl out of it and moving around doesn't help either. Like moving out of my established place. And then I have to go like reestablish myself in these places that might not even know me because California is a whole and like, you know what I mean? So it's been, it's definitely been difficult in that aspect, but the good thing is just through being a part of wrestling for as long as I have and getting to work with the people that I've had the opportunity to work with, I have connections with people like just other wrestlers in general 
So like I can feel at home and like, you know, reach out if I need something. So that's mentally it's very difficult, but I'm like, I think taking the break with the tour has like definitely refreshed me and be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm like ready to like not be as like down in the dumps about stuff. Yeah, I feel like we sometimes get like swallowed or just like lost in wrestling. It's like it's the only thing. And I feel like it's nice to have that break every once in a while, even if it's kind of forced, you know, sometimes it's hard Mm -hmm. to take that break. So you had something obviously to preoccupy you otherwise and obviously readjust and refocus now going on and hopefully getting those more getting more bookings and getting more acquainted with Chicago and stuff like that. But you have, Mm -hmm. I would still say have had a very successful year and we like to do what's called a watch list feature here on WrestleZone. So, I mean, over the last year or so, maybe two, because it's been a crazy, crazy pandemic. Right. (laughs) Is there a particular match of yours or moment that stands out to you or one you just feel really proud of and why? Um, I think my, one of my favorite matches was with Raylan. Well, actually, I would say my shimmer, the last shimmer. Yes. I got to wrestle Zoe Sky, who is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So that was good. And then me and uh, Raylan got to um, wrestle the Sea Stars yes. for the Shimmer Tag Team Ashley Championship. And Delmi, yeah. Yes. And that was, you know, they're established. They know what they're doing. They have chemistry. And that was like mine and Raylan's, like, we had made promos and stuff but we hadn't really had a lot of matches together so like working with them they helped us so much like know what's going on but also I just love the match so that would probably be one of the highlights that was not this past October but the October before yeah so that that whole like weekend was like probably some matches that I was like Mm -hmm. most proud of I feel I still can't believe it's been over a year since then and obviously we're heading into 2023 but I feel like too I've discussed with you in the past obviously kind of you've been forced to be a bit creative and you've had more time to kind of focus and hone in on your character which you have definitely like conquered and like perfected I feel like the essence of the killer bay you can just see that blossoming but I wanted to end today talking about uh your ring gear obviously you often sport obviously your fur coat and stuff like Mm -hmm. that that goes in with the killer bay essence but do you have a certain story or source of inspiration behind your favorite piece of ring gear Ooh, um not not totally I I make my own gear Except for recently, I got some made. But um, so I kind of just like, I'll see stuff. I'll be like scrolling Instagram. I look at a lot of like rave gear and I see that. And that's like kind of, I get inspired by that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I just see fabrics and I'm like, this is so obnoxious. I need to wear (laughs) it. And like, that's like typically what I see. And I'm like, yes, this, I want this to like be on me. And then I, I've tried different things, but I'm so not um, a great seamstress. So I like kind of have to stick to stuff, but I do have some new stuff that I'm coming out with. That's like way more elaborate that I'm really excited about. Mm. Can you give us a little hint into your vision for your next pieces of ring gear? Just a little, just a little um, nugget. Just a lot. I mean, what else is new? Just a ton of color. Yeah. Like literally rainbow vomit everywhere, pretty much. And lots of, um, duds now which of your fur coats will you be pairing it with i'm not sure i i think i can do my gaudy like very 
very big one. Okay. I've been sporting my my crop lately, but it's time to, uh, and I had a feather one, but the feather one's definitely better for summertime. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I am going to wear a fur coat all day. I mean, it kind of works too if you're like in a Chicago where it's like cold in winter. Yeah. Like duels as it. (laughs) Yeah. We had a show in Wisconsin this weekend and I just wore my fur coat the whole time because I was like, this is free. It works. It's it's practical and it's part of the the show as well. Exactly. I live the gimmick. (laughs) I'm curious, how many fur coats do you actually own? Um, Including the cropped ones. I have, I mean, I have at least five. Okay. I did, I did donate a couple of them uh, because I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, (laughs) I don't need three of the same fur coat. Yes, you do in case you stain one. (laughs) I know. Well, and honestly, like wrestling, like you think the people aren't bringing that to the back and not putting it in a dirty place half the time. It's a white coat. Yeah. (laughs) But I do have, I have a pink one. I have a green one. I've got the big one. And then I have like two of the crops. And then I think I got rid of the, like, other ones. I had, like, three more. Okay. Fair but, enough. Yeah, a lot. Do you more make, than I need. Do you make those yourself, or how do you put those together? Okay. <laughs> no. I have thought about it, because, like, I'll see the fabric, like, the fur fabric, and I'm like, that would look so cool. And then I'm like, Heather, you don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, and my, my sewing machine is, like, not a expensive one that could probably okay. handle fur but I have thought about it uh mostly Amazon though and then I think Forever 21 is where I got the color ones gosh Forever 21 is like man that was my place that was my jam it's just all gone downhill I know I went in there the other day because I wanted to get um well actually I'm literally wearing it it's so cute I was literally from there yeah (laughs) but it was because it was like black friday and i got a puffy coat too i i just wanted my winter wear from yeah. there like otherwise it's like nothing's gonna fit me probably or like it's gonna look silly on me but yeah i uh i normally get those from there i love that place fair enough the more you know the the killer yeah. bay forever 21 not small, yeah <laughs> although we should be to be honest but heather before we let you go can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on social media and Patreon? Oh, yes. So uh, Heather is me on all platforms of social media. Uh, you might have to put Heather is me five for my TikTok. Uh, but otherwise, someone had that. Everything. Someone had that. I app? guess it's a really good name. It is. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, I uh, but everything else you can find me just regular Heather is me. Well, Heather, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Yes, yeah, thanks for thinking of me.